there was no word from God. And the reason was is because Israel was disobedient and wouldn't obey the prophets. Jesus said, you killed all the prophets. And you make your own uh, little disciples twofold the child of hell. They wouldn't obey God. And you know what? God will turn off the revelation, the revelation spigot when you don't obey. And if you won't do what he says, why would he give you more to disobey with? Amen. It'd be foolish. You don't give, you know, uh, keep on giving information to somebody who, who won't use it the right way. And won't honor, and more than anything, won't esteem it and honor it. It's a precious thing to get revelation from God. It's a precious thing to hear instruction and intimate uh, relationship and God guiding you in your heart. That's a precious thing. It's to be guarded. We're to guard our heart because that's where that takes place. We're to protect ourselves from unclean and, and foolish, nonsensical type of things that get us out of that relationship. And that's why I'm, in my starting scripture is, you know, is this. And the title is Qualified to be Led. And, of course, we all want to be get God's leading. We want to get his will. We want to get his directions. But why do so many, why are so many frustrated with that and don't know? There's a lot of people just like, I don't get it. Why isn't this working? I don't, I don't understand. Why can't I ever hear from God? See, Romans 8, 14 says this, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. See, sons of God obey God. That's why they get to be led by God. You become a son of God by obeying John three 16. You'll, you become a child of God by obeying Romans 10, 9, and 10. Romans 10, 8 says this. What is it? The word is near, near thee, even, or nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith that we preach, that thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For the heart man believes unto righteousness, of the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It takes obedience to fulfill that scripture and get born again. Can I get an amen? We're commanded to repent and, uh, you know, be, uh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repent and be baptized, it says in Acts 10.38. Or, uh, excuse me, 2.38. So, it takes obedience. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. What you could just say, as many as are obedient to the instructions of God, they are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So, so being led by the Spirit is, you're not going to be led if you're not obeying if I say, Julie, come with me and walk to the back room, and, and, she, and she doesn't obey and just stays sitting there, is she being led to the back room here, to the foyer back here? No, you've got to obey to be led by the Spirit. A lot of people want to, oh, I want to be led by the Spirit. Tithe, no way, God. Go on Wednesday nights, no way, God. I want to be led. God says, okay, let me lead you. Go to church on Wednesday nights. Oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, you want to be led, huh? Oh, really? Do you? What's wrong with this picture? So you want to be led. But you, don't want, you only want to be led in what you want to be led in instead of what I want to lead you in. Somebody say amen. Come on, it's, it's all over the body of Christ. We only want to do what we want to do. Then we, we blame God like somehow he's screwing up by not leading us. And why, why, does it, why, can't we, why can't we hear from God? Why can't anybody know God's will? Why isn't he giving us direction? Why, I, I want to learn how to be led by just go Just do the things that's already revealed you're supposed to do. Right there. And then you might qualify to really hear some of the yet revealed things. Somebody say amen. All right. 
So those are important things for us to understand. Galatians, you know, it says, be led by the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. James says, if you know the good and you don't do it, to him it is sin. You know, I know to tithe. I know to serve. I know to show up every time the doors are open. It's a sin not to go to church. Contrary to popular opinion today, it's a sin. It's an act of disobedience. It says, don't forsake the assembling together. That's one thing. And it says, keep the Sabbath day holy. That's another thing. They're not the same thing. God determined to keep the Sabbath day holy. Spiritual leaders determine when the saints come and gather together. By God's directive. You know, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible you're supposed to meet on Wednesday nights. But it does say, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Did you know the early apostles had to meet every day? And we only ask you to meet once a week on Wednesday nights, besides keeping the Sabbath holy, which is a different thing. They are not the same thing. Keeping the Sabbath day holy is a completely different thing. That's a day that's completely consecrated to God. It's a day of rest. And we happen to preach on that day and have church, too. Somebody say amen. Now, the assembling of yourselves together is when the saints come together to be fed and to be discipled. Two different things. This is not keeping the Sabbath day holy here tonight. Can I get an amen? But what this is, is this is not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Both are commands of God. And so, if you can't obey in that, don't even ask God to lead you. Because until you grow up and get past babyhood and start doing what the, past, what the spiritual leaders in the Word of God tells you, God, God tells you to be led by certain leaders and you won't be led by them. You won't let the leaders lead you. Why do you think God's going to lead you? When you won't let the leaders lead you, why do you, that God put over you, what makes you think God's going to lead you? Somebody say amen. It's pretty simple. It's pretty like kindergarten-ish. Amen. And why do I say that? Turn with me to Mark, the fourth chapter, the 23rd and the 25th verse. Being led will be based on your obedience. You'll either be like uh, Joshua and Caleb, and you'll be led through the wilderness for 40 years and led into great success afterwards, or you'll just wander without a single word from God for 40 years. Israel could wander for 400 years and not get a single word from God. You could go your whole life and not get a word from God. Not one ounce of guidance, depending on whether you're willing to obey in the small things. Somebody say amen. Mark 4.23 and 25 says this. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. See, it's very clear it's not let God speak, it's let you hear. It's not the satellite dish transmissions that need to be turned on. It's the satellite dish receiver that needs to be turned on. How many of you know the transmissions are constantly going, and then when you turn on the receiver, then you begin to receive what the transmissions are transmitting. See, it doesn't say, let him who speaks to us speak. No, it says, let him who has ears hear. See the difference? It isn't, God doesn't have any problem leading anybody. We just have a real problem hearing, obeying, and therefore being led. 
And we resist who it comes through. We resist what's being said. We resist this for this reason. And we resist that for that reason. And they're all acts of disobedience. And, nobody, and everybody wonders why they can't be led by the Holy Spirit. It's a silly world that we live in today. Now, I'm not saying this is you guys. But you need to beware you don't become that guy. Can I get an amen? Amen. I like what Mark says here. This is an amazing little piece of information that we all need to remind ourselves of every so often. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, take heed what ye hear. Take heed, what does that mean? Anybody know what take heed means to do? Pay attention, but it also means to do it. Take heed. Well, I'm taking heed real hard. Won't go out and do it, but I'm taking heed real hard. No, take heed means to... to Pay attention and do it. Well, I'm pay, I, there's a lot of people, you know, paying heed, but they aren't doing it. No. When it says in the Bible, take heed, it means be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. Deceive in your own self. Take heed what ye hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. If you hear and do, and you, and you take heed... And you act upon it, more will be given. For he that hath, to him shall be given. And he that hath not, him shall be taken. Even that which he has. Even the little bit that you did at one time obey and, and lived out in your life. Be taken away from you. The little guidance I used to have. The little candle I used to have that helped me walk through this dark old world. Seems like it's gone out, Pastor Bill. And it's completely dark. That's because you haven't obeyed. Now again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, don't think that I'm saying this to, to any one person here tonight. Can I get an amen? These are general principles. I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, say that about any person. What I'm saying is, when it starts getting dim, and things start getting a little convoluted, and you're getting a little conflicted, and you're getting a little scared, and you don't know where to go, and and you feel like a double-minded man, unstable in all your ways. And it's because you haven't obeyed somewhere. Well, the heavens are like brass. I, I don't seem to hear God's voice anymore. I, I seem like it's darkness. I don't have that light. The word is a lamp to my feet and a light on thy path. Then it's of thy word, it giveth light, and it giveth understanding to the simple. All those scriptures are so foreign now. And it's like I'm not the person I used to be. Well, see, James says that. Be a doer of the word, not a hearer, only deceiving yourself. You're like a man who looks in a mirror. And forgets what manner of man he used to be. I used to be a man who knew God's will. I used to be a man that was led by the Spirit. I used to be a man that the, you know, the path of the Lord gets brighter and brighter every day, it says in the book of Psalms. How I many you know the path of the Lord gets brighter and brighter every day? But the path of disobedience gets darker and darker every day. See, and we, 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 want, it, we want that leading... Oh, God, lead me out of here. Lead me out of here. You should have paid attention to when he's leading you not to get in there. Oh, lead me out of this terrible ditch. Lead me out of this terrible... Well, he was trying to lead you to keep you from going in there in the first place. See, many times, it's the after the fact. Ten times harder to fix than if you'd just never gone down that road. Amen. You lose ground. It's not good. Jonah 
you know, Jonah lost some time. You know, the only difference between jo- you know Jonah one says go to Nineveh. He says no, I think I'll go to Tarshish. I don't like those dudes. <laughs> and then he became you know <laughs> he became an hors d'oeuvre for a whale. And, uh, and then it became some vomit in front of a whole crowd of people. I think that's where they get the word you puke, you know. So anyway, I'm just kidding. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Julie just gave me one of those looks like, I can't believe you said that. But he got puked out on the shore. Oh, I can't imagine all that stomach bile and dead fish in there floating around with you. It's all because of disobedience. How many of you know it says that he went down into the depths of hell and he says the, the bars are around me and he went to hell, came back. He died and was resurrected. That's why it says in Christ will be like as it was as Jonah was three days in the belly of the whale. So shall the son of man be three days in the center of the earth and rise again. You see, when you look at that, he was disobedient. And, you know, a lot of people, well, finally he repented and he he realized that when you disobey, you forsake your own mercies. And he cried out and gave thanks and praise to God. And God caused the the whale to deliver him and he threw up and uh, he showed up. And you know what? You know what the word of the Lord was to him? It wasn't like, oh, you repented, I'm so happy. I've got all new plans for you. Oh, Jonah, we, we just, we're going to celebrate. Jonah, we, we've got a new assignment. It, it, you know, the word of the Lord wasn't go to Nineveh. Go back and do. Go back and do what you were supposed to do. In other words, let's get a record one time. Let's just once get a record of you obeying so I could promote you a little bit. Let's just once have it on record that Jonah obeyed. And then I can justify telling you a new thing. But until you obey, I can't give you anything new. I can only give you the same old, same old. Go to Nineveh. God's been saying to some people, quit doing that for 30 years. What's the word of the Lord for me today, Lord? Quit doing that. Oh, well... Well, I, I can't seem to hear anything from the Lord. And five more years ago, Lord, Lord, I, I really need to hear from you. When, when are you going to talk to me? When are you going to give me direction? Quit doing that. We're hoping for some new word. But, you know, it's just going to be go to Nineveh over and over again until we do it. Somebody say amen. You know, those laps got pretty old for 40 years. Just obey. So we can get you on so we can get you started on the plan of God where I can start systematically, incrementally revealing to you what the plan and the will of God is for your life. Somebody say amen. amen. See, until we understand that, we aren't going to go forward because to him who has and heeds the word or does it, more will be given. But to him who does not do that, doesn't have because he hasn't heeded the word, even that which he has will be taken away. I tell you what, that is one of the scariest things I've ever heard. I don't want to walk down a dark path alone without God. That's a scary hellhole waiting to happen. God wants us to learn to obey what is revealed to us so he can entrust more. 
you must first obey the revealed will of God, which is the Bible, the obvious, what the pastor's telling you, before he can reveal the specific will for your life, the yet revealed specific will. The general will has to be revealed, and you've got to learn to obey the general will before he's going to show you anything about the specific will. God does not guide us from specificity to generality. It's just the opposite. It isn't going to be you specifically you're going to hear about your will before you know about his general will. A lot of people just want to dive in and say, I'm ready, I'm ready to be led. You aren't, re- you aren't ready at all to be led because my Bible says this. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you might be able to prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You can't even do the will of God until you understand, the spe- you can't even begin to do the specific will of God until you understand the general will of God. You have to have your mind renewed to the general ways and will and principles and realities of God and his kingdom and his people and, his, and what he has before you can even dream of being ready to step out in your own specific will that he has for you in life. If you haven't, if you haven't mastered coming on Wednesday night, paying your tithe, serving, being obedient, walking in love, and basic things like that, you're not going to be able to run a ministry. You're not going to be able to do anything else. You're, you're still eating baby food, wanting to chew on a piece of steak. You have got to master the general will of God. God does not lead from specificity to generality in anything in life. But it's really vice versa. He leads from generality and then narrows it down to specificity. Let me give you an example. In math, you've got to at least learn addition and subtraction before you learn multiplication and division. How many of you know... Addition and subtraction is a far broader, simpler, more general, fundamental principle than multiplication and division. And how many of you know you better know your multiplication and division before you even think about taking on algebra and trigonometry? So you go from the general to the specific. The general will is this thing right here, folks. This is the general will of God. And you want to know the specific will of God, like who you're supposed to marry, what you're supposed to do, if you're going to go into ministry or whatever. You've got to know this first before you can even make any sense of the specifics. You've got to know what country you're in before you can find your way from one side of Des Moines to the other. You better know you're in Iowa before you uh, begin to think you're going to navigate across the city of Des Moines. Can I get an Amen. You need to know you're on planet Earth, you're on, the, you're on the North American continent in the United States of America, in the state of Iowa, in the city of Des Moines, because uh, if, if you think you're on the other side of the world in Russia, and you're looking at the street signs in Des Moines, you're going to get real confused. Can I get an amen? God always works from the general down to the specific in life. The big general will of God described in the Bible to the specific of what he wants you to do today in your own private life. Brother Hagin used to tell a story about a person. It's pretty funny. A man came up and said, I believe God wants me to marry my neighbor's wife, but they'll have to get a divorce first. And first of all, you're thinking, you nimrods. Why doesn't somebody get you uh, straightened out here? See, what two general will of God truths were violated? Who can tell me the two general principles are violated? Jason, can you tell me what they were? God is joined together, let no man put asunder. So right there, if he'd have known those two things, he wouldn't even be thinking about that. 
See, I, I would dare say, let, if, if certain people in this church knew the, the word of God, they wouldn't even ask me if this was God's will for their life. Because they would know it wasn't. See, we've got to understand, if we don't know, the, if we don't know to come to church every time the doors open, pay a tithe, serve, and walk in love, and some of these very basic, basic, basic baby stuff, what makes us think we can do anything of, of great? I mean, get those things mastered before you even think about being led by the Holy Spirit. Get those things mastered. You know, take on the training wheels on the bicycle before you're going to drive a, a, you know, a 500-horsepower motorcycle. A cross, you know, a crotch rocket, whatever they call those things. I don't know if that's a very nice way of saying that, but anyway, that's what they call them. It's like, you're laying on the ground there. goes a motorcycle. It was a rocket. What time is it? (laughs) Got to have these general rules of God's will and follow them. Being led is predicated on us being willing to lay down our will to do his. Luke 22, Jesus said, not my will, but thy will be done. You know, Jesus heard perfectly from the Heavenly Father. Did you know that he says, I do nothing but what the Father shows me? Jesus' whole life was an example and a, and a model of being led by the Spirit of God. Can I get an amen? His whole life was, was and, for, and, and let me tell you something, for 30 years he was led by the Bible. In the last three years, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Now, this is an amazing thing. I want you to think on this a little bit because for 30 years, Jesus, it says that he was... It was his custom. This is Luke 4.16 to go into the synagogue. It was his custom. Others say his habitual habit. Faithful practice. You can look at different translations. Jesus went to church every Sunday. That might be a surprise to some people. But he was faithful. And you know it never says once that he was led by the Spirit until he was 30 years old. Not one single time. He lived a perfect life obeying the Bible. Now think about that. And then it says, he went down to the River Jordan, John, and to baptize him, and he says, the Spirit descended upon him, even as in the form of a dove. And then you go down, and that's Luke 3.22. Then you go to Luke 4, 1 and 2, and it says, and he was filled with the Spirit, and then he was led by the Spirit into and through, the Greek says, into and through the wilderness. That's the first time it says he was led by the Spirit. He had a life of 30 years of demonstrating obedience to the written word. And then he showed and demonstrated obedience to the Spirit of God. If you can't obey that which can be seen, let me tell you something. You're going to have a real hard time obeying that which cannot be seen. If you can't obey a pastor you can see, how can you obey a Holy Spirit you can't see? If you can't obey words on the pages of a book you can see, how are you going to figure out obeying a Holy Spirit that you cannot see. You better get this figured out first. Because the Holy Spirit is only going to say what's in this book. And if the Holy Spirit ever says anything that's not in this book, guess what? It wasn't the Holy Spirit. So we have to get obedient in the Word of God, and I'm going to take it to the next step, and then in the man of God who is preaching those things 
into your life because you're going to have to trust and you judge everything that the man of God says by the word of God. He is your tutor to help you go from just knowing the word to hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and walking by the Spirit. Can I get an amen? It's going to be, a lot of times, pastor's voice in training until you hear the Holy Spirit's voice. Because the pastor's voice is anointed by the Holy Spirit when he preaches. Somebody say amen. And I'm saying that in a general sense. I'm not talking about me. Y'all understand that even though I believe that about me as well. And being led is predicated on being willing to lay down your life. Jesus said, not my will, but that, you know, it's hard to believe that Jesus could have a will that was contrary to the Father's. Not my will, but thy will be done. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was sweating blood. He didn't want to go to the cross in his humanity, but he knew he had to in his divinity. You can be conflicted. You got a flesh and you got a born-again spirit. And you've got to learn to die to that. Turn to, everybody turn to Hebrews 5.8. And we need to understand that being led is synonymous with obeying. Because you can't be led without obeying. And whenever you're, you're being led, you need to talk about obeying. Obedience is what causes you to qualify to be led. You can't be led without obedience. It's just, that's, a, that's a fantasy. That's a fairy tale. And if you're in disobedience and you think you're being led, you're just following a demon. If you're in disobedience and you think you're being led to do things that aren't in the Bible or aren't good, you're being led by a demon and you've convoluted yourself. It says in Hebrews in 5 and 8, it says, Though he were a son, yet he learned, learned he obedience. You know Jesus learned obedience. Ever say Jesus learned obedience? by the things which he suffered. And you can see that when he said, not my will, but thy will be done. And first of all, he says, is there any other way we could do this? Can this cup pass from me? He really didn't, it really wasn't his will. See, that's why your will has to be broken, your will has to be conformed. That's why that little out-of-control child's will has to be broken and it has to be conformed. You need to spank it right into uh, being broken and spank it right into being conformed. Oh, that's abusive, Pastor Bill. No, it's the greatest favor you'll ever do to your child. So he won't have to do it to himself later on. The, fa- the, the whole foundation of self-discipline is parental discipline. Your, ca- your kid will never have any self-discipline if you don't give him a platform of parental discipline. And if you don't break his will and make his will submit to yours, he'll probably be a rebel his whole life and be a rebel to you and be a rebel to God. The greatest thing you can ever do for your child is break the will. Not crush his spirit, break that rebellious, Satan-like, born with, fallen man, born into sin and iniquity will of, of that child. And it'll show its ugly face when it's just a few months old. Boy, I don't know how I got off on that. But break that will. Break that child's will. It might break your heart to do it, but you'd be better off. He'll break your heart so bad later on if you don't do it. See, we've got to, we, we've got to understand that Jesus, even Jesus had to learn obedience. Now, he never sinned, but he had, it, it was something that he had to learn. I got news for you. Your kids are going to have to learn obedience. You're going to have to learn obedience. Church members are going to have to learn obedience. Grown-ups have to learn obedience. Because it isn't something that we like to do. 
in our own natural fallen self, in our flesh. Now, in our spirit wants to obey. Being led is based on being willing. He that is willing and obedient shall lead to the good of the land. You've got to get yourself willing, and then you'll become obedient. Being led in the following, uh, uh, not our own way. Okay. Can you follow and obey and submit, be led by and be guided by? I mean, let, those are all the same thing. Can you follow? Everybody say follow. follow. Obey. obey. Submit. submit. Be led by. Submit. Be guided by. In all those terms, I can show you scriptures that tell you that you're supposed to do that with spiritual leadership. <gasps> Cult! <laughs> you know, the, the, the football coach can, can have you there from 6 in the morning till 11 o'clock at night, tell you what to eat, tell you when you're going to bed, tell you what you can't and can't do, and tell you, you know, c- can dominate your life and keep you out of church and keep you at the football field, you know, 24-7, uh, seven days a week. And everybody just thinks he's the most wonderful guy. But if a pastor asks you to do something, he's a control freak. He's a cult. Oh, my God, how dare he ask me to come to church? Well, you're a Christian, stupid. You're supposed to go to church. I'm just teasing. Our cult, I'm, talking, I'm not talking about in this room. I'm talking the culture. How many of you know the culture is stupid like that? That's right. I'm talking to the, I'm talking to the what do they call it? The choir. I'm preaching to the choir tonight. Amen. Amen. But beware. They're after your kids to make them think that way. So, you know, you, you look at that. Those who God tells us to follow, obey, submit to, and be led by. If we can't obey who God says to obey, then we're not obeying him. Paul, in 1 Corinthians 4, 16, told those who he was called to, he said, follow me. In Philippians, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. Hebrews 13, 17, everybody turn there. And there comes a time where you've got to have some practice runs because if you want to be led by God, you've got to practice by being led by some men in your life. How many of you know as a child, excuse me, you better be led by your parents? Guided. Your leadership. Who you obey. Who you submit to. That's all practice, folks. That's all practice. And if you can't obey the man that you can see, you aren't going to obey the God you can't see. Because it's the easiest thing in the world to not obey him. But you'll find out how hard it is to obey him when you finally really submit yourself to a spiritual leader and find out how hard it is to obey and submit to another person. Somebody say amen. amen. And I've had to do that. I've had more leadership in my life that I didn't want to do what they wanted me to do. I, I don't like it. And, and don't, don't get some ideas like I'm not, you know, I'm crossways with Raymer or something like that. I'm not. But, but just that there's a lot of things, you know, just little things that I think, why would you do it that way? But you know what? I signed up for it, and I'm going to do it exactly the way you want it. I don't care what I think. This is not my deal. I, don't, I won't answer for Rama one day. I won't answer for you know, Family Leader one day. And I love both those organizations, and I think they're great, and I submit to them gladly. But I don't agree with everything they do. But I wouldn't go around telling... I mean, I might say this tonight to get a point across preaching, but I'm not going to tell you what that is. And I never would. See, Hebrews, Hebrews says some really amazing things. It says, obey them that have the rule over you. 
Oh, I want to be led by God, but I don't want to be led by those who God said to be led by. I want to be led by God, but I don't want to be led by the pastor. That's who God is going to test you. Did you know that God's going to test you to see if you're worthy to be led? See if you're any good, see if you're a good risk or not? God's going to test you. Matter of fact, we're commanded in 1 Timothy, the third chapter, in the qualifications for deacons and elders, it says first that deacons must be tested. Proved in the King James. It says proved in the King James. In practically other, other version, it's tested. Did you know I'm supposed to test you all to see if you'll be obedient? Did you know that? I'm going to test you to see if you'll come on Wednesday nights. I'm going to test and see if you're tithing. I'm going to test you ask you to do things I know you don't want to do. See if you can be led. You know, one person says, I like Catholics. When they get saved, they've never been trained to be led. Because the priest says, you know, it isn't some board telling the preacher what to do, but the priest pretty much rules the roost in the Catholic church. Well, it's God's job to test me, not yours, Pastor Bill. No, that's not what it says. That's not what it says. God told Paul to be sure that you test those deacons. You think that's a strength test or a breath test or what? It's an obedience test. See if you got any character. See if you got any integrity. Can I get an amen? amen. Hmm. It must first be proved and tested. Jesus learned obedience by being led by those God, excuse me, <clears throat> led by those God's word told him to be led by. Did you know in Luke 2.25 it says when he came back from being lost for three days and they found him in the temple and he was teaching all the doctors in, of the law and it says... Well, let's just turn there because I, I want you to see it. It says that he then became obedient. He, he then submitted himself to, to his parents. Jesus always obeyed God, but he learned by being obedient to his parents. Turn Luke 2, very end of the chapter. What, let me see, what verse is it? 2 and 25. Look what it says. It's just amazing what it says there. No, it's 51. It's not 25. I'm sorry. I mistranscribed that. Luke 2 and 51. I'm sorry. Luke 2, 51. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. See, other translations says he became subject to them. Others say he became submitted to them. See, we, we've got to submit to those who are over us if we're going to learn, if we're going to qualify to be led. Because if we won't be led by who God tells us to be led by, or who God puts over our life and says, submit and obey them who have the rule over you, and, and we'll go back. I never did read Hebrews. Let me go back there and read that. But look what it says. Or maybe I did read it. Did I read it? I don't think I read it all. Hebrews 13 says, obey them that have uh, the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls, that they may give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that's unprofitable for you. 
Obey them for they watch for your souls. You know, that's better than obeying them because they're going to help you win a football game. Obey them because they're going to give you a paycheck at the end of the week. Oh, we'll, you know, we'll skip church to go work and, and you know, go obey our boss and disobey our pastor. Because they're going give, to give us a paycheck. The pastor's going to watch for their soul. So which is more important to you? Money or your soul? See, we've, we've, we've got to get really obedient if we're going to start hearing from God. And we've got to, we need to hear from God. Because in the day that we're living in, it's very dark. And we need to be the light. All right. It was Jesus' custom to be submitted to his church because he was there every Sunday. It was Jesus' custom to be submitted to those who are in authority over him because he submitted to his parents. And he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Jesus also would not, he, he submitted to John the Baptist and his authority. John the Baptist says, oh no, I'm not good enough. You, you, I need to be baptized by you. Jesus says, no, I'll be baptized by you. Jesus would wash other people's feet. Jesus was a submissive person. Can I get an amen? Jesus submitted. See, we, we can't, you cannot, can you obey the Bible to forsake not the assembly? of yourselves together and be obeying God at the same time? Can you disobey Hebrews 10.25 and be obedience to God at the same time? You can't. And if you're in disobedience, why would God lead you more so you can disobey more? Exodus 20. You know, same thing. And God wants us to learn obedience, and he wants to test us. And God is watching. God's keeping track, and he's seeing if you're going to obey the pastor. Now, if the pastor teaches you unscriptural things, then don't obey him. And I, that, I'll be the first one to tell you, check out everything that I preach. The Brians were more noble because they checked it out with the word, and it says in Thessalonians, test all things, prove all things, and hold fast to that which is true. If I preach anything, now here's one I want you to obey. If I preach anything unscriptural, don't obey it. Can you obey that? Okay. But if I preach something, if I'm preaching to you that which is scriptural, then obey it. Is that control or is that just somebody trying to get you to do the word? Amen. So we need to learn obedience. And then God will start guiding us. Because to them that have, and when you take heed to that which he has spoken to you, he'll give you more. But if you don't obey, you don't take heed to that which he has spoken to you. Through his word, because general comes before specific. If you can't master and be obedient to those things, that which you have will be taken away. And we wonder in America why we don't hear God's voice. I wish I was like those saints in Africa. They just have miracles. They just have that. God leads them to all kinds of just amazing, amazing things. Yeah, and they're in church seven days a week. They pray in tongues for 20 hours. They lay down their life. They give everything. Of course, God's going to lead them. They, he almost doesn't have to. They're doing so much of the word, he almost doesn't have to. They're almost running ahead of him doing everything in the word because the only thing the Holy Spirit's going to do is tell you what's in the word. Can I get an amen? 
We got to be obedient to the word. Let's stand up. We'll be dismissed. Amen.